Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Appearing on the pages of Action Comics issue 252 in the summer of 1959, she was the last known survivor of Argo City. She has inspired a generation of women to be strong, independent, and powerful. Until 85, in one of the most controversial moments in comic book history, DC decided to let her meet her doom in Crisis on Infinite Earths. She has been retooled, and her origin has been changed so many times, but she still remains the same character at heart. And like her beginnings, she is still the cousin of the Man of Steel. From a big screen spinoff to Smallville, and even a brand new franchise on CBS, complete with Jimmy Olsen, uh, there has always been the one and only Kara Zor-El, your Supergirl. So stay tuned for an all-Supergirl podcast of the comic book jerk show. From the flamers and noobs who were trolling the fans The midichlorian masterminds concocted a plan Before he had an emporium of Endorian L's And he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bale Anime's manga mastermind returned again To reboot his new show with all his geeky friends Like the difference in Wookiees and Tribbles and Kibbles and Bits The story comes together like a reductor twist from Harry Potter Or maybe it's worse, you might even curse the jerk For reminding you that everything's worse In the back of your mind he says what you never could And you never should and you never would But he could so listen up, troll, and let's go. It's time to sit back and watch a comic book jerk show. So Harrison, we got a, a pretty interesting show. I, I never thought that we would just jump in and just do a, you know, as much as we could about Supergirl. But after the initial leak of the CBS pilot of Supergirl, which I know we've both seen. Surely you've seen I it, have right? not. I have yet to see it. I, I, wow. Regale me. T- tell me. Let's start there. Was it any well, good? I'm going to be honest with you, man. If you've seen the six-minute trailer, it's just an extended version of that. Everything you've seen in that six-minute trailer is probably stuff that you know you're going to see just expanded on. Like it's it's nothing new. It's um it's a little bit new. You don't see Superman. You see much of Superman in that six-minute than you do in the whole pilot. But man, it's it's very very well done. Okay, well, as long as it's good, that's the main thing. I mean, the the six-minute trailer was corny and very, very hokey, I'm not going to lie. But you know what? I, I got to admit, there is a place in my heart for a television show that embraces its corny, hokey side. Because I'll, I'll be honest, I watched Smallville for a decade. And, you know, that show was nothing but corn and hokey and teen angst and, like, stupidity wrapped up in stupidity from the kryptonite lace stride gum uh, to Lex Luthor being kind of like a weird burnt Darth Vader, yeah, with that breathing apparatus. I don't know, but um, I, I am happy that you know Supergirl's getting her own show. I'm happy that she's coming back. I'm a little not so jazzed about not being on the CW with Arrow and the Flash, but but it's still got the same producers, which makes it pretty cool. The the one print, well, the one thing that really bothers me about it is uh. I don't know, man. I've never seen a woman beat so badly on a show. Like, she really does. Like, she gets pounded. Like, the greatest part about it, though, is the fight scenes, essentially. Because these are fight scenes that I've never seen done on a TV show. Like, like just like the animated show, when Superman's fighting somebody, like, you see the ground break beneath them. And you see the concrete smash around them, burn around them. You know, you see that stuff. And when Supergirl fights in this... It's it's no no holding back whatsoever. I mean it's it's an intense you know it's a tense battle. Like she is fighting this dude um, within it that's carrying a big axe and stuff, which I, I guess it's some sort of magic because it's able to cut her or something. Um, but the way they try to say it is it heats up to a certain temperature, and that certain temperature is is enough to burn through her, which is kind of cool, but. You know, the essential premise of the show is whenever she was launched into space, she got trapped in the Phantom Zone. And whenever she finally came out of the Phantom Zone, which they have no idea how she got out of the Phantom Zone, she was followed by other Kryptonian prisoners that were all kept prisoner there. So, you know, you've got a whole Earth of, you know, 
Kryptonians and alien beings that were all, you know, trapped in the Phantom Zone escaped. So, you know, they've got this underground kind of like, you know, it's not really Argus, but, you know, it's something similar, you know, getting her to help fight with them. And the, and the general of it, you know, he he doesn't want her on the team. You know, he don't trust her because she's an alien. He essentially doesn't. And you know, the, there's always the, the dude the, that don't trust aliens. The general is Henry Irons, right? Uh, is, is that the character? Yeah, yeah okay. Steel. I'm just kidding. Or no, Henry Irons becomes a robotic Superman. Is that right? Um, you know, I that's that's what I I think that they said in the essential run of it. You know, I didn't follow this. this basically, Cyborg Superman is that is that who we're talking about? Oh, he becomes Steel. Okay. Oh, he okay. John Hen- John Henry Irons becomes Steel. I'm yes. not sure if this general will become well, Steel. I mean, it could be. It could happen. I mean, you know, um. The the one thing about DC on the small screen and you know um, I believe it's Mark <coughs> excuse me Mark Gunningham who is like the producer for Arrow the Flash and now Supergirl I definitely have some high hopes for it like you know I I, I want it to be good and I would like it to eventually cross over with uh, Flash and Arrow to further expand that universe but I just don't know if that will happen I don't know if CBS and CW will be like yeah this is a great idea or they'll be like God I hate you type deal oh okay yeah the general is played by uh he plays hank henshaw so he's not henry iron okay. hank henshaw uh is i believe does, yes yeah, yeah that's yeah, what that i was say he does become that that's what i was thinking he was because I, I don't think they would have introduced uh introduced steel in there unless he was actually you know like a steel worker he wouldn't be like a military general they wouldn't it would be weird if they decided to be like, hey, we're going to make him a general in this iteration, but why not? But then again, it's DC. They recently unveiled a tied-up Joker, so I think sky's the limit on how far they're willing yeah. to alter their characters. But in any case, stay on topic. Let's keep on with Supergirl. Um, well, no, it, it is really cool that they, you know, a lot of people complain about her costume not showing enough skin and stuff, which I thought was ridiculous. But she does go through the costume changes, and you do see that classic suit where, you know, where her belly's showing. And the way that they portray it is, you know, definitely the most respectful I've seen because she's just basically like, you know, I, I wouldn't be caught dead in this. You know, this is this is way too much. You know, she's not comfortable with her body and stuff. But what really, really bothers me about this portrayal of Supergirl is Superman. I mean, this is the second time that I've seen them demoralize Superman in the way that they have. Um, the first being uh, Justice, Young Justice. You remember in Young Justice how Superman was just such a prick about Superboy? Oh, God, he yes. Didn't, he didn't want any part of him. He didn't want to help him. And that is basically demoralizing the character of Superman for me. Because... Superman wouldn't do that to anybody. Like, you know, it's the same as Batman wouldn't do that to Robin. You know, he might be a prick when he takes him under his wing, but, you know, you never get any kind of conclusion with that. You never get, you know, that satisfaction of Superboy and Superman actually working together and getting along. And it's the same with Supergirl because this is a premise where Super Superman finds his cousin, you know, the only surviving Kryptonian, and instead of taking her under his wing, he just drops her off with some random people, you know, being mainly Dean Kane and, you know, the other woman. But oh, is that I, how they uh, they wrote them in? They're uh, they're her parents. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. they're essentially uh, uh, the Dan the Danvers, and they have a daughter uh, who is Supergirl's best friend, who also turns out to be, you know, the woman working with the the science police or whatever, you know, to stop these criminals. Uh, Helen Slater, the original Supergirl, plays her step-parent mom, I guess. I guess it was Helen Slater that was the original Supergirl, wasn't it? In the in the 89 movie? Yeah, yeah, it was. I had, I had to that, double-check that. That goofy 89 movie. But um, I was just I was blown away how you can just forsake your only relative and your only Kryptonian family and just take off for 15 to 20 years, man, because essentially she's a little girl and he just drops her off. And then, you know, the whole show takes place with her just going Google eyes over Superman because she thinks he's such a great person. But, I mean, if it was me, I would I would have some kind of argument against it. I Which would be mad is, at it. Uh, that notion right there is kind of funny to me because in, in her original origin – uh, they sent Kara to be raised by Clark. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, like that was the point that she was going to be uh, taught by her cousin, and that she would be around her family. She did end up uh, uh, with humans and so on and so forth, but Superman still had a role in her life and kept her off to the side until what? Uh, I think it was Action Comics 258 or 268 or something like that when he was like, hey, this is my cousin. Everyone say hi. Yeah, it was just such a... I mean, I understand why they had to do it. You know, hey, we ain't got the rights to Superman. If you don't have the rights to Superman, then then how can you you show you know his likeness even if it's in a shadow how can you you know hint around to that i mean well it's no different really... than like birds of prey like when, when that show was coming they showed what two scenes with batman the joker and catwoman and that was it like it was like right. in the pilot and it was like quick cuts and then, then bruce wayne was off getting god knows where catwoman was dead and the joker was missing it makes me wonder like does warner brothers have like some kind of embargo on it. We're like, yeah, you can use 15 seconds of the character, but no more. It wouldn't surprise me. Cause like, you know, uh, a little off topic, but when, uh, Disney and square, uh, uh, well then square soft, were working together on kingdom hearts. They, um, they legitimately, uh, uh, Disney was like, Hey, you can only use, uh, 15 seconds of, uh, Mickey mouse in this game. We'll trust you with other characters. But if you, if this is a screw up, we don't want Mickey tainted. And so you got this, like, all this buildup through this entire game about King Mickey, all the Mickey Mouse, yeah. oh my God. And then five seconds in the shadows, you even see him clear as day. They kept him very, like, you know, silhouette And it was like, you know, um, I'm sure it's probably a very similar thing when it comes to the, the DC Holy Trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Because, yeah. like, you know, I've always wondered why hasn't Wonder Woman shown up in one of these shows because I felt like of the Trinity, she's the one that really hasn't, they haven't done anything with her lately. And granted, they're about to in Batman vs. Superman, but I never understood why she didn't show up in Smallville or why she didn't show up on Arrow randomly on like, you know. Yeah. Well, that that brings me to another point, man. I mean, have we changed and gone that, that far from a distance? Because, I mean, you had, whenever Roger Rabbit came out, just to get off topic a subject, you know, it had everything. It had every cartoon character that you could think of from, you know, from Warner Brothers and Disney. Like, it was just a combined effort. Like, you had Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse together parachuting and stuff, you know, having a blast. True. Like, how did, how were they able to settle the score there and not be such bitter rivalries and manage to, to pull something like that off? Because like, I who think signed the contracts there? Who made I think that deal? Ultimately, you had people of good faith on both sides back then that were willing to take risks. I mean, like, you know, uh, let, let's keep in mind that during the time between, uh, say, the, the, uh, the end of the Chris Reeve Superman movies and the the rebirth of that franchise on the big screen with Superman Returns, whether you want, want to actually award that any kind of recognition or not, it doesn't matter. It, it, it was the the first major uh, Superman movie, but during the time between that, you had uh, the Superboy show that that only lasted a year. You had Smallville. You had Superman the Animated Series. Well, uh, Superboy Lois, actually uh, went a couple of seasons. Did it go a couple? I thought it was only one year. Well, they they had a one season with with one guy. Oh, that's Superman, right. That's what I remember. And they had another one. Okay, yeah. okay. And you also had uh, you had the animated series. You had Smallville. You had uh, the Justice League cartoons. You had all these uh, uh, small screen interpretations of their staple icon. But when during Smallville, a shift happened. Uh, whether that was within DC or Warner Brothers, I honestly don't know. But there was such a stigma about putting him into his costume on that show. Yeah. Hence why and, we only got like uh, um, five seconds of him in the co- uh, in like a shirt. Yeah, the but the yet they, they would give him the Superman Returns logo and stuff. It was weird. You know, I miss those times when you could sit down and watch cartoons in the morning and you can watch Spider-Man and the X-Men and then Batman, like all back to back. Like, you know, nobody complaining, hey, this is Marvel or this is DC. But it was more like, hey, we're doing something for the kids. We're doing something to educate people. Now we don't even have Saturday morning cartoons. No, and usually no. it's been relegated to, uh, you know, uh, um. If you want to watch something decent, pray that you have a decent internet connection and Netflix, or uh, or or pay the extra 
add-on package to get something like Disney XD. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Disney, uh, with with their talks of having their own Marvel, Star Wars TV, you know, TV series or like you know TV channel, it would make more sense if some company came in and said, you know, we're going to do exactly what everybody's talked about doing and give an all superhero network. Like it's something that has needed to happen for years. I mean, all your set favorite shows, all the years of cartoons and superheroes from Spider-Man '66 all the way up to Spider-Man of of the '90s to you know. Everything that you can think of superhero on one network would just be incredible. But it seems like nobody can get along enough to do something like that. Yeah, I know. Could you Could you imagine just, just sitting down and watching a station? It, it would be one of those things where it was like, it's the only station I need, you know? Because yeah. it's one thing to see something on Netflix, but to see it on TV and then having those added commercial breaks to give you that sigh of relief or that, that feeling that you're you're watching something and if you change a channel you're going to miss a few seconds it ain't like that anymore it's like you got netflix and all of that but yeah we're a little off topic like we probably ought to, ought to be we always let's talk do. a little bit let's... more about the uh, supergirl well I, I want to get a little bit more specific do you have a favorite version of the character whether it's uh, uh the the traditional old school pre new 52 uh pre crisis on infinite earth supergirl or or whether it's earth 2's power girl or uh, Laura Vandervoot on Smallville. Like, uh, was there a, a an iteration of Kara Zor-El that like spoke to you? You know, I have never really been a fan of Supergirl. Like, I I never could get into it. Like, I remember watching, you know, Supergirl the movie and stuff. Just been like witchcraft and all kinds of weird stuff like that. I mean, I could say there's more or less costumes that I like the most like uh, the 2012 run of Supergirl where she had a really cool looking S that looks more like the Superman Lives S that was one of my favorite costumes I thought that was cool and they you know I, I like when they they reiterate the S and they do the S in a different way and I like that Supergirl a lot you know mm-hmm. but you know I, I grew up in an era where Supergirl was nothing but a big blobby pink character who was best friends with Lex Luthor and his bodyguard like that was the Supergirl that I remember I don't remember much about like how that character come about or if she was like just a clone or just a shapeshifter shifter with superpowers or or what it was man but that was the Supergirl I grew up on and it seemed kind of lame like when the death of Superman happened and she went up against Doomsday and he punched her and she turned into a big pile of gum, I was like, "Wait, what?" That was one of those those scenes that's always forever made me be like, "What happened?" Because you know, I I grew up and I missed the Crisis of Infinite Earth, so I didn't I didn't get into comics until Superman died and you know the Clone Saga with Spider Man was happening. So I had no idea. Like, do you remember that or you know any anything about the story of? The whole Lex super long red hair and all that crap. I gotta be honest, like you know, uh, that era of DC was before my time. Because when I grew up, um, I um, I'm just a little bit older than you, so like for what, for me when I got into comics, I, I think I got into them a little bit younger than you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I grew up a Marvel guy. To, to be honest, like I was so knee deep into Marvel superheroes because of characters like Spider Man or the X Men. Uh, that just yeah. spoke to me from a very early age, but I always had a reverence for Superman and Batman. It wasn't—I didn't really get into the Superman mythos until my tween years, as I would uh, like to call them, when Smallville started. Like I got uh, that show actually was for me my gateway into DC Comics. I, I like more so than Justice League the animated series. Like it introduced me to concepts and stuff that I was like, oh, I want to know more about this. And then when they brought in like Supergirl and then Doomsday and you know all this stuff that I had heard of but never really experienced, I made a concentrated effort to try and figure it out and get and you know all that jazz. But personally, for me, uh, I do. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way, man. Like like I was totally into Marvel too. Like I was the Marvel guy. Like it's all about Spider Man and. The only thing that changed me from that is is the death of Superman. Like seeing that happen changed me to to like them both. Like it was just like I can't choose one or the other. I mean, there's no way. Like when it come to the Marvel or DC 
baby mama drama, I wasn't in on that, man. I was like, I'm not doing it. I mean, there's no comparison. They're two different worlds. They always have been two different worlds. And they always will be two different worlds because one set, you know, tries to be like it's the real world and the other lives in fictional worlds. Yeah, no, that's very true. And then, like, you know, the, uh, it's – and uh, um, as an adult, I do buy both DC and Marvel comics now because, one, I have a job and so I'm able to afford them. Um uh, and when you're a kid with an allowance, you kind of pick your favorites and you go with it. Yeah. When during the '90s when we grew up, it was like every one character had five comics. Like I think Superman had uh, um, Action Comics, Superman, Man, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Man of Steel, Adventures of Superman, uh, and then Batman was even worse because you had all this other crap going on with him. And then you know, Spider-Man even had like Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And the aptly named Spider-Man book, and then Web of Spider-Man was alive in the '90s for a while there, and then you know it, it grew from there. And like you know, it's sad to say, but the first Batman comic I ever read wasn't even a Batman comic. It was a uh, uh, Robin three, like issue two or something. And he was, I don't know, he was fighting some some dude looked like uh, Deadshot, but he was like a bodyguard dude. And that's when I got into like, I don't know, that's when I got into Batman, because I thought Robin's suit, like, Tim Drake has got the coolest Robin suit that's ever been made. Uh, the new 52 Dick Grayson suit's pretty cool, too, but, you know, they never talk about him being Robin, except for that, that one shot. But, I mean, that's when I got in, got into, like, Batman. Like, it's sad to say, but that was back in a time when you can go to any, like, gas station, and you could see comic books sitting on the shelf, like... You know, they were in the magazine section, like comic books were in Walmart, in the book section. Like, they were, you know, comic books were everywhere. Like, you didn't have to go to a comic book shop to get get a comic book. I mean, you could just go to the newsstands. Like, that's what they were there for. They might not have been the particular issues that you wanted. It might have been just what the publisher released. But, man, I remember, remember being outside uh, of a gas station one time, and it broke my heart that they, when they couldn't sell the comic books... They would rip the covers off of them and throw them away, and that used to really like break my heart. Like you would see stacks and stacks of comics in the trash bin with their covers ripped off, so they couldn't be resold. Oh, it was a heartbreak, man. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine how many comics went through that stage that could have been collected that were worth a fortune, and then the newsstand people just rip the covers off of them, throw them in the trash? Yeah, no, it's just horrible. It's just heartbreak. horrible. It's horrible. Like you know, and then. Uh, uh, but I think we need to get a little bit more concentrated back on Supergirl. I want to talk more about uh, the different actresses that have played her. I mean, you know, obviously the one that everyone uh, probably thinks of first is Helen Slater, uh, who played her in the Supergirl movie. What were you? Th- um, what were, were your thoughts on her as the as the cousin of Kal-El? Oh, she made a she made a great Supergirl. I mean, it was. I don't know. She she fit the mentality. She was funny, you know. It's just the story wasn't all there, man. You got witchcrafts and no cameos from Superman. A, a cameo with Superman would have would have made the movie essentially a lot better. Just just a cameo. Well, I mean, there were talks of him being like, in it. Uh, I think it was the Red Sonja movie, wasn't it? When they also got they got Arnold to cameo. Yeah, but he didn't play any. He didn't play his character. He played some other dude. He didn't. He wasn't like he was Conan or anything. True. It was just that's At least what kind of that's why I didn't like Red Sonya. I mean, but I'll be honest with you, I had all the movies, but Red Sonya was the most confusing for me because it was like, hey, look, it's Conan. Wait, he's not Conan, but he's dressed up like Conan. He's in the same era as Conan, but what? You know, it. It's his it's secret cousin. cousin. I'm just kidding. That's yeah, what yeah, secret cousin from from Argo City. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. But uh, the Supergirl movie was just. I don't know. It was just sporadic and didn't make any sense. Like it should have been, should have been a Supergirl Superman movie. Like teamed up, passing the torch to you know, make make more guys interested. It, they made it straight strictly for for females. Their fight scenes were just pathetic, dude. It it just I don't know. But I don't know when when you look back at the movie, it's really weird because. Um, when you look at Helen Slater, she looks so much like Alicia Silverstone. Kind of holds herself in that same way that it it's kind of like I don't know. It's like that, they could be distant cousins. 
they could be cousins. Yeah. But did you do you remember much of the Supergirl movie? To be honest, like you know, I saw it at a very young age, and uh, there are bits that I remember of it. It never really stood out to me because I was so much more wowed by the original Superman movie. And mm-hmm. like you know, uh, when you're a spinoff to that type of franchise, and you know, you, you were uh, um, at best, Supergirl was a cash in. Like they were, you know, uh, there were going to be no more Superman movies because I I believe at the time of Supergirl that Chris Reeve had already gotten injured. And that was it. Like there was gonna be no more Superman movies after four, and you know, then they did Supergirl, and it. Bombed. No, he, there there had been talks uh, before about him cameo, and like he wanted to do a cameo in Supergirl, and I don't remember what happened. I had to research it. Mm, definitely something See. worth looking into. You, you do your searching. I'm gonna move on to the the next live action Supergirl, which I uh, um. Which, if memory serves, uh, that would be Laura Vandervoot of uh, Smallville fame. Um, she played Supergirl. She did, an, she did an awesome job, dude. Oh, God. Like, you know, if you were going to, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, when it came to Smallville, I will readily admit its faults. It had many of them um, for its entire run. But one of the things like that. Like Stride Gum. <laughs> Remember the Stride Gum episode? I will Pete never forget power? the episode. I, I, I will never forget the elastic powers of Stride Gum. Um, oh. But but it also nailed uh, the secondary characters more than it ever nailed the Clark Kent or Superman persona. Because, you know, he didn't really start to become Superman until, like, seasons 8, 9, and 10. Prior to oh, that, oh. like, it was just kind of like a whiny teenager. While you're talking about that, I wanted to implement a new thing into the podcast. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Why? I had to do it, man. Um, when you when you talk about all the downfalls and all that stuff with the show, it just makes you think of that that final five minutes of Smallville. I enjoyed the finale, and I'm okay with the ending of Smallville. I don't care what people say. The show was not about Superman. It was about Clark Kent becoming Superman. Boom. <laughs> that's that's the way I was whenever he finally finally stripped his shirt off and walked out. I was like, yeah, he's in the suit. And I was like, I was like, now there's got to be like 20 more minutes of this and show. You're like, and then I credit. remember watching that final episode, and my best friend was over um, at the time, and he had like sat through the last two seasons of Smallville with me, and he actually grew to like the show. Uh, like he, uh, like he originally wrote it off around like season five or six, like everyone, every other normal human being. Um, and then I just kind of like was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming. And he's all like, Harrison, we only have like ten minutes. He still hasn't put the suit on. I'm like, but it's coming. And then, of course, you know, the suit came up from the ice, and he flew with and put the suit on, but magically the suit, like, kind of melded to his skin like a symbiote, yeah. which was weird. And then uh, it was all digital. Like, the whole suit was digital. And then... <laughs> that was terrible for me, man, when... That I was like, what? He doesn't even look real. Like his neck is bent the wrong way. It's like somebody, somebody changed Han, man. I know how. You know shot what first. I think happened? Like I, I think they were told they were like, okay, look, this is a budget for your last show, so you have a choice. You can use some of that budget for special effects, or you could use uh, a ch- huge chunk of that budget for a Superman suit that's going to be worn once for a grand total of uh, five minutes. If that, and so they decided to go with. They bought him like Under Armour, and then slapped the well, S on the... from Superman Returns, and that was his suit. And when we saw the suit on display, it was just the Superman's uh, Superman Returns suit that's clearly on display at like you know the old Warner Brothers HQ when they're like, "Yeah, the history of Superman." Woo. Well, well, don't you remember like when it when it was first said and done and wrapped up like. Didn't Tom Welling say he didn't want to wear the Superman suit? That's the reason we didn't get him. Like the reason that we didn't get him in the suit was because he refused to wear it for some reason. Which was weird because, like, he's uh, and I, I do believe my conspiracy theory that this also came from DC higher ups um, and Warner Brothers higher ups that uh, barred him from actually being seen in the suit because I think it was ultimately because um, he was getting a lot more fit 
than he had been during the course of that mm-hmm. season in preparation for wearing a skin-tight blue suit. And then nothing. Yeah, that that was really strange that, you know, that's all we got out of that. Out of well, that. if you want to see Smallville Clark Kent in a Superman costume, you have the DC Comics digital series that came out for season 11, which had its yeah. weird moments. The art design. Yeah, like, like Batman. You don't like Batman with his like um uh with I didn't like Robin. I didn't I'll be straight with you. I didn't like Robin. The Robin was just it was just weird. Like his suit was weird too. Like it's like Smallville tried to purposely make the suits weird. The only thing that they got right was Booster Gold. He was they nailed it with Booster Gold. They well they actually nailed it with Fate too, except eh. Still Let's cheesy, all just but... remember one thing. Every single one of the the super friends, shall we call them, were all wearing the same costume, just different colors. They all had like a so leather true. hoodie on. You know, I, it's been so long since I've seen Smallville, I forgot what Supergirl did. Like, what was her final episode? Um, like, her I don't final remember. episode wasn't then. Like, what ended up happening was you had her in season seven. Um, and what uh, the story of her appearance in season seven was that. She was uh, similar to the old origin. She was on a ship that crash-landed on Earth. Uh, in this mm-hmm. case, she crash-landed in, into a dam. Um, and then she was uh, trapped in hibernation in that dam until Clark accidentally destroyed it while fighting a ghost from the Phantom Zone. And then she got released, expecting Kal-El to be an infant. Because uh, in, in Smallville's version, it was like, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to find him, I'm going to protect him, I'm going to raise him, I'll be his family on Earth. And uh, But that is not what happened. And so she wakes up, Clark is older than her. Um, uh, something that pissed off fans right from the get-go is that they could not have their Superman fly, so they had her flying from like the first episode yeah. she was on. She was flying, which made Clark um, even more stupid than he was. Um, and then by the end of the first season uh, with her on, like this was season seven of Smallville, she got trapped in the Phantom well, Zone and she came back for an episode in eight. And I think it was one episode in ten. And then that was it. That was it for her character. Well, he he never really did fly unless he embraced his Kryptonian side. Like whenever he was. You know, approach with certain kryptonite, he flew like like a mofo, like he had no well, problem. Well, you know, flying. we had probably, uh, which made the final flight scene even more ironic in Smallville because it was, or, or I guess not ironic, underwhelming. Because uh, mm-hmm. he flew in season four, that was the season four premiere when he fully embraced his Kryptonian side. He flew, and when he then, forgot, then he forgot <laughs> how to fly, and then, he had a. Yeah, and then heights kiss. scare him. No, like they um, they used black kryptonite to separate himself as Kryptonian. That's what color and, it was. Um, That's because you gotta give mind this was Smallville. Like every season was a different color. You had green kryptonite in the first season, red in the second. Um, well, what was the? Didn't they have a gold? Gold one? was in season seven, and yeah, that that uh, that was the. I think that was the. Last color they introduced. Hell, they had silver kryptonite in season five. They had. I don't remember the silver. Silver, the silver literally mean? just makes you go on like a horrible, horrible acid trip. Like it, it, it breaks off a shard, and the shard infects your system. And then so Clark like hallucinates like this horrible day where everyone's found a secret and everyone's turning on them. It makes you like a, a paranoid schizophrenic. I guess the purple kryptonite would be a drinking binge. Like you just go out and. Be shooting heroin, snorting cocaine off. Uh, but like the yellow kryptonite was supposed to permanently take away his powers, like completely permanently. And then there, then there was the blue kryptonite, which just was temporary. Like if if you wore the blue kryptonite, you, um, you just lost your powers. You were human, but you but you can take off the blue. You occasionally go back and watch. Small I do. Building. I do. Sadly, like you know, I'm actually as I speak going through season eight because that sadly. I own eight, nine, and ten, and I have. Yeah, that's how I was, man. I I was like collecting them. I was like, I gotta have them all. I gotta have them all. And then then the last few seasons came out. And what always separates me when it comes to buying a collection of movies is when they they do the inevitable Blu-ray version, 
and then it's like oh my god i want the top quality the awesomest sound i want better it's going to be the same way when when they start releasing stuff in 4k and you gotta buy the 4k disc it's like oh no that's the fun of it like you know like there are certain movies you will happily buy over and over again terminator 2 for me i i I own like six i think six versions of that movie i must have rebought three times on dvd um, and then I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray. So yeah, no, um, so I own at least four copies of Terminator 2, and I don't regret it for a single second. Well, back to the Supergirl oh, yes. we was talking yes. about a moment ago, the Supergirl movie. I found out, um, the original script for the Supergirl movie would have been ten times better than what we got. Okay, on the Internet Movie Database, I'm going to read you the the... I don't know. I guess the symphonicis of it. You know, I can't say that word mm. very well. But it just sounds awful, dude. Whenever you hear it, it just sounds like a horrible movie. After losing a powerful orb, Kara, Superman's cousin, comes to Earth to retrieve it and instead finds herself up against a wicked witch. Does that not just sound awful? Yep. Powerful orb must fight the wicked witch. Well, the original premise for this whole uh, movie would have had Christopher Reeve team up with Supergirl in order to, to come over and uh, you know just kind of teach her what's going on and you know welcome her to Earth but it was also going to uh, include the first on-screen appearance of Brainiac which would have been freaking epic and made a lot more sense than just a wicked witch but at the last freaking minute uh, he just backs out like Christopher Reeves is like, eh. He states that it was personal reasons why he backed out, but could you have imagined how awesome a Supergirl movie would have been with Brainiac? Even if it was just a corny dude with a, a green skull cap, man, that would have been so I'm much cooler. I'm just trying to imagine what the early uh, 90s slash late 80s Brainiac would be like. I'm kind of glad I didn't see that yet. Cause, you know, the- yeah, it would have been, been like Brainiac 5. It is from the Legion of Superheroes, probably. Like, this is a big skull cap or probably. something. Or they could have just had a computer that was but, living. Oh, wait, they did that already. Oh, yeah. Hey, but Superman 3 had its moments, too. Oh, you had let that. Know. No, no. It had its it had its moments. That's man. what like, made the Black like Kryptonite, he... I believe, in that Because, uh, like, in that one, like, the green rock got hit the wrong by, like, a high-impact laser, and it turned it black, and then that split Superman into his evil and good self. And you had the awkward fight scene of him in in Smallville, and of course you had uh, well, the, Margo the only Pino thing that Margo, Superman uh, three uh, relegated back to being just a cameo appearance. Um, while you had Annette um, O'Toole, who most fanboys know as Martha Kent in uh, Smallville, uh, making her debut as uh, uh, Lana Lang for the uh, for the Chris Reeve Superman movies. Yeah, Superman 3 just took a total detour from the whole series. Just next, next thing you know, he's in Smallville for no reason whatsoever, and it doesn't pick up anywhere that was even relevant. The only thing that it was missing was Gene Hackman. If Gene Hackman was the scientist guy instead of whoever the hell the scientist guy was, which he he did a, a remarkable job trying to be Gene Hackman, which didn't work out too well for him. If they would have had Gene Hackman in there, it would have been awesome. Because Richard Pryor at the time was was a hit hit name. I mean, everybody knew Richard Pryor. Everybody wanted Richard Pryor in their movies, and he wasn't a terrible guy in in there. I mean, he to me, he's considered the first black superhero. I mean, the dude essentially saved Superman's ass. True. But Superman four, there's it. It just changed studios so much, and I mean, if Superman. Four was in the same hands that Superman one and two was in, it would have been a lot better. I mean, hell, even the Richard Donner cut of Superman two is epic. Like if Richard Donner would have been brought back, I don't know. They couldn't even afford to do Superman four, and they did it anyways. I don't even know what the hell happened. You know, let's see, Superman four come out in eighty seven. Two years later, they come out with Supergirl. You know, if they would have just just stuck with Christopher Reeves and had him. And Brainiac in there, too. That would have been epic. It would have been a very different movie. You know, a lot of people oh, don't know that. I'm God. glad that I'm here to clear um, that up. I, I want to share something with you. All right. Um, okay, so this is off topic, but it has to do with DC. Um, 
you remember when Harley Quinn made a cameo in Arrow season two? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, Willa Holland, uh, who plays uh Thea Queen, um, came out and said that they had big plans for Harley in season three. Um, but someone came down from DC, uh, that told us to shut it down. That's awful, dude. And they, it's, they're lucky they got away with that bit. Cause if you remember the production steals, man, Harley had a, a huge role in the production steals. Like they even had her in the full blown makeup and everything. Cause I think they, you know, and, they did legitimately plan on, you know, her being something. See, what would have been cool is if they didn't release any production steals and just did it anyways <laughs> and just let it go on the air and then kind of sorted it out. Because that's what I kind of feel like they're doing. Uh, they're, they're, been, they're doing with both the Flash and the Arrow. I mean, now they're taking liberties to just throw these characters in. and Like Arrow, man, they, they randomly threw in Katana and put her in a full costume and you know, did a lot of episodes with her, and then the next thing you know, Suicide Squad out, comes out, and they're leaking images of Katana. It's pretty much in the same outfit, just a little more movie worthy. I was kind of, I was kind of impressed by that. It kind of makes me wonder: Do you not care about you care about Deadshot and Harley Quinn, but you don't give a damn about Katana? Pretty much. It's like, yeah, it's I actually think that part of the reason why we're not gay, why they killed off Deadshot. Uh, uh, sorry, guys, spoilers. In Arrow season three, or may it look like he died? I wonder if that was partially DC execs being like, "Look, we're gonna have Will Smith playing him in the, but we need him off the show. We don't need America thinking that that guy is both a yeah, white I and mean, a they, black person at the same time." That would. Yeah, they already announced that. They pretty much said that that's why they did it. I mean, they said we can't do that. You know, it's it's ridiculous. I don't see why. Here's here's my idea. Warner Brothers idea, and you could take it to the bank. Call me up, Netflix. I'll let you know how to do this. But what they should do is in next season of The Flash, The Flash needs to go to the multiverse of different multiverses, and they need they need to have cameos from some of the DC cinematic. They need to just to have randomly Flash goes back in time, fucking trips over goddamn Ben Affleck's Batman, or in there have him actually meet up with. Uh, Isra, whatever the hell his name is, you know, that Barry yeah. Allen, and talk to him. You know, have him just run into Henry Cavill. Because you know the, them dudes. I mean, if, if Ben Affleck will be in a damn uh, Kevin Smith movie and cameo on that stuff, surely he can cameo on a TV show. Same with Henry Cavill. He was awesome in the, in the what was it, the, the Tudadors or Tudadors? I don't know. Tudors. I, can't, I don't know. Tudors. I can't think right now. Yeah, the Tudors. Yeah, he was in the Tudors. I think I'm saying that right. Am I saying that right, Crowd? Sure. I don't know. I think it's. Funny. I do. I do. I. I. I'm amused. The Tudors. Right, moving on. <laughs> this is when I can hang up and we end this podcast, nerd. Okay. No, but but you're right, man. It's it's really weird that they they. I mean, we need to break break cycle for a second and and speak a little bit about about the the new Joker footage of Harley Quinn and the Batmobile. Like that's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I, you have to take a couple of moments. To, to I say will that's say awesome. that I was exceptionally pleased uh, with the Batmobile footage that I got to. I saw it like at two in the morning, and I was like, oh my god. That's the Batmobile chasing the Joker, and in one of the clips, you could hear him laughing. I swear I heard Jared Leto doing his Joker laugh in that vehicle. I got so friggin' excited. Oh, dude, have you seen the close-up of the rims? They have, like, little little gestures on the on the center of them, dude. Like, it, I mean, I didn't think a pink, a pink vehicle would be cool for the Joker, but then when you see it in action, dude, all metallic I'm stuff. Honest, I think it's like, hey, Suicide Squad, is, as, as is right now, has felt to me like a huge cluster, like mess of like uh, '90s superhero movie badness with uh, a modern day attempt at reinterpretation, and like, um, but that one segment with the Batmobile chasing Joker made me really, 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 really happy. 
Because we've never really had a moment like that in all the Batman movies where you had like a straight up car chase with those two characters. And I think it might be the first time that I saw those two characters in vehicles like that that were so tailored perfect for their characters in that moment. And you know, as goofy as that is, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on board. Well, I mean, I can't. There's many people that's hating on DC right now. Like people are just straight up hating on them. Like, oh, it's gonna be crap. Oh, ain't nobody wants to see that, man. DC is just ruining it. I can't wait till the movies actually come out and shuts all the haters up because you know it's gonna shut the haters up. Everybody's gonna be lined up. They're gonna be one more. They're gonna be mad at Batman and Superman's over, and they're gonna be mad that Suicide Squad isn't out yet. And they're gonna be upset that that they haven't seen a million screenshots of Aquaman like the Suicide. Squad squad did and it's a good teaser man i mean how much behind the scenes pictures have we seen of batman versus Zero. superman like yeah, hardly they were, able, they were uh, able to keep that set very very locked down and it's it's like they're doing the suicide squad on purpose just 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 to aggravate people like just to be like hey you know you're not gonna you're gonna not gonna know what hits you when Batman vs Superman comes out. It's gonna blow your mind because you have no expectations other than that that little trailer that everyone hates on. Because it didn't show anything. Nobody likes it. Not because it sucked. Not because it was dark and grim. They hate it because they didn't get to see enough mushy gushy Star Wars field action like Star Wars did. Star Wars gave you just enough to to just blow your load all over. But man, Batman versus Superman just gave you enough not to even take your shirt off. You know, and it's good. I'm glad. I love it when a movie doesn't show you nothing about it until like it's closer to release. Because I mean, we still have a year left, man. True, true. We still have a long time before these movies come out. I will say that I am uneasy about Will Smith as Deadshot. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna hope for the best. But yes, I am still une- un- uneasy about him playing that character. And it's not even about him being Will Smith. It's just about well, you know. He could be other superheroes. I'm completely okay with characters and villains and heroes just switching skin color, if uh, or skin color or even gender, if the person playing them fits the character. I have never seen Will Smith do anything in any movie that makes me think Deadshot. All I see when I see him in his cowboy hat, you know what I see? I see Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. You know he ain't want none of of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm not. I'm, no. I'm, yeah. Well, back to Supergirl, man. We were we were talking about how, you know, it's really confusing with Supergirl's origin because you don't know what the hell is going on because there's Supergirl and then there's Power Girl, and everyone seems to think that they have nothing to do with each other. You know, people that are just jumping in, they're wondering who the hell is, is Power Girl? Where does she come from? But you've got the answer. I think for you which? know the answer. I'm sorry. I don't... For who Power For who Power Girl is? Um, Power Girl is... Uh, uh, um, well, that's... A... She is a cheap attempt at DC <laughs> to make a female version of Superman by her very core nature. I'm sorry. It's what she is, guys. She was literally... They wanted to make a female superhero that was not Wonder Woman, and she kind of was it. Um, But... Do you, do you think they over-sexualized her, man? Because they, they gave her some really, really big... Um, big they did around. when they made her Power Girl, but that kind of also... Uh, the thing was, with the Earth 2 version of her, she got really, really thick with those giant gajungos, as you called them. Um, which also was a very good statement, from, I, I think, for women and why the character has been so popular. And, of course, I'm speaking of uh, Power Girl, uh, the Earth 2 version of Supergirl. And do you mean, like... Do you mean like perhaps that Supergirl? Is, I mean, are you saying she's like maybe exactly. plus size? Like, like she's not a stick figure. Yeah, she's I not mean, a Barbie doll. Yeah, you know, she. I mean, she does. She does uh, straight up have that. that I, I, big butt. We can just say I it mean, now: dangerous curves ahead. That that's true. Like I don't know. She she has some junk in her trunk. That is for sure. Because the more I see her, the more I'm just kind of like. Her costume's really not that exciting as far as, like, if you like superhero costumes. There's no armor involved. There's no S on the chest or any kind of logo to whoa, distinguish. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She has all the logos she needs. Her boobs are showing. It was just like a a perfectly placed circle on the top chest. Yeah. 
Well, that is uh, true. And, you, and you know, girls wear it like no other at comic conventions. And you know, I think it does have to do with the fact that she was not a skinny girl. Like you know, she was not ever uh, when she was made. She was not depicted that way. And so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think like you know they need um, uh, uh, that she's a positive role model for girls. Either iteration of the character, but uh, uh, the more modern New Fifty Two take. Um, do they put armor they on? They had <laughs> they redid Power Girl's outfit for the uh for World's Finest when that first launched and then I think it was nine issues in after much, much, much fan bitching and complaint, they gave her her old outfit back. Like and I don't I don't even think they explained yeah. it, it just kinda happened. I think like her her top tour and then that's how the circle happened. Um That's it. It's really kind of interesting. Like you, you touched on some great points before we started the podcast about the strengths and weaknesses. Like she doesn't have the same weaknesses that Supergirl has. Well, no, she doesn't she, have the she, same. Uh, Power Girl is invulnerable to Kryptonite. She does not get her uh, her powers from the sun. Uh, she, both are uh, weak to magic. Um, Supergirl in our our world can be a Red Lantern and fly through space and do that thing, um, but. So, uh, Power Girl has to have a breathing apparatus whenever she goes into space, which makes sense because you should, which is something that never made sense about Superman. Come on, like that never made sense. Like it was, why don't they have like a uh, at least something to breathe in? Because gee, space is a giant. Vacuum. Well, it's weird because he does in the animated series. Like they 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 touch base on that, but he's been depicted multiple times as not needing um uh, anything. Like you know, he he's like I'm going to Krypton. Zoom out into space. Yeah. Just zoom, zoom out to space. And that is literally... Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. So so essentially in a battle, if if it, if it she was to just black out the sun, she could probably beat Superman's ass. Power Girl, yes. Uh, Supergirl, no. Supergirl would just be weak and pathetic just like her cousin. Uh, but Power Girl would win, hands down. Um, if by nothing, then by a simple battle of attrition, she would be the last one to lose her strength. Well, why is that? I mean, like, what world is, I mean, is Power Girl from a different planet? Is she not No, it's still Krypton. It's just that, um, it goes along with, uh, when you, uh, I think it was just DC execs trying to make differences between the characters. Um, and then... Or, or is and it, actually, or, not, or do not you think all of maybe stuck. She... Like you know, they they never. I guess I think she is. Uh, uh, there was something about the kryptonite. I'm I'm gonna look that up real quick. Let's see. Well, I th- I think maybe I think maybe perhaps she might just be storing all of uh, all of those all of Earth's sun in her boobs. Maybe she's got an infinite supply of of superpowers stored in her there boobs. There you go. That's that's how it goes. Um, let's see. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, because prior to Brightest Day, her powers did not come from the Yellow Sun, but now they do. And they never really explained why that change happened. And we don't know if that change still exists in, like, say, the New 52 era, or we're dealing with a completely different Earth 2. You know, I've been trying to pick my perfect casting of who I would pick to be the perfect yep. Power Girl in a DC Cinematic uh, yep. Universe, and I think Nicki Minaj would be a perfect I, Power Girl. I, I'm hanging like, up now. She, she's like, the... what? What are you smoking, <laughs> man? What you guys don't think Nicki Minaj would be um, perfect for? Does uh, she be Power perfect Girl? For Anaconda? Yeah, yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, that Anna, I, th- I think that anaconda joke did it. That that was a perfect, uh, perfect. It, it, it had to be said. <laughs> oh God! Reviews of the Human Centipede three have come out. Oh no! How, where did that come from? We went from Supergirl to the Human Centipede three. I'm googling while we're talking. It helps me stay awake. But yeah, I went on to a website called Blu-ray.com, and I. I one, these guys are probably the best uh, uh, movie reviewers on the website, um, um, on the internet, I would say. They they are hard asses when it comes to movies. Like a movie you think deserves a nine, they'll give it a five. 
and they'll have logistical and reasonable reasons as to why uh, that is. But like, uh, no shocker here. Human Centipede uh, three got a uh, two star rating with its inmate population being turned into a human centipede. Hell, that's one more star Probably. more than Green Lantern got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that that could be an official quote oh, for them, as a oh. uh, the comic book jerk says, it got more one more star than Green Lantern, <laughs> but not the extended version, which added two and a half minutes of bonus footage. Of Ryan hey, you know what? Bless his, his abs; they were pretty. Hopefully, hopefully he gets to yeah, enjoy the awesomeness and success of uh, from Deadpool that he failed to get from everything else he's done as a. Big screen Hollywood actor. You know, I'm curious. Like when it comes to uh, to like being a part of a Lantern Corps, like where did Power Girl rate? Like, what was she like a, a Blue Lantern or or what? Power Girl. Like, what was? Did she even get to be a Lantern? I, like, whenever Bright Day happened. Let me look. Power Girl. I'm, I'm trying to check that now. If Supergirl. I remember that that just happened recently that Supergirl was a yeah, Red no, Lantern, she, wasn't it? Like, uh, she, she got go really angry. Crazy? Yeah, and just randomly become a, a Red Lantern. I don't understand that the, the way the Red Lanterns pick their people. They just randomly like, oh, you're a Red Lantern. You're a Red Lantern. I mean, I understand Guy Garner, but just randomly Supergirl for no reason whatsoever? Just because she got mad? Superman gets mad all the time. He's not a Lantern. Let's see. Here's what it says on Wiki. In the 2010 to 2011 storyline, Bryce Day, Power Girl, attacks her comrades and after being subdued, is discovered to have been possessed by Star Heat, or Star, sorry, Star Heart, the cosmic entity that gave Alan Scott and Jade their powers. Oh, so he's she's got Alan Scott's to which she was vulnerable uh, because to because of her Kryptonian heritage. As Kryptonians draw their abilities from the sun, staying out of action in order to avoid another possession, she helps Mister Terrific work on a machine that may be able to dampen the Star Heat's power. Oh, sorry, again, Star Heart's powers. Uh, nonetheless, the Star Heart uh, takes control of Miss Martian's body and transforms transforms into her. White I'm reading Martians. the same thing you are, and it just totally goes in a it goes in a different direction. It just stops talking about Supergirl altogether, don't it? Oh, Miss Martian did this, Miss Martian did that. Star you gotta love Wiki. Really like <laughs> it it starts to, off on it's like us. It, we start off on a point, then we go into a tangent, and there's no coming back. That's what Wiki does too. Like I'm looking at it here, and it's just like, what the hell are you talking about? And the next thing you know, it just randomly says, "Power Girl just fucking gets erased from time or some crap." Booster Gold finds. I don't even want to read this. I'm out. <laughs> I would. I would much rather know about the new Fifty Two Power yep. Girl. Pretty much, but I think we are nearing the end of this podcast, man. We are getting a little bit long on the tooth, aren't we? No, we're we're still still trucking. We still have about uh, about ten minutes to uh, okay. Let's cover talk some about something more. else. Um, well, we we, what we haven't if talked Supergirl about uh, has sex with a guy and she accidentally presses her her thighs together while he's inside her. I have wondered the same thing, and I bet the only person that can answer that is probably, probably Jimmy considering Olsen. that they are totally going to screw like, in that show. How much she wanted to screw the character well, in uh, Smallville. I mean, that was the thing. Well, you know, that would be a very interesting topic. Should he to cover, use a kryptonite you know, condom, like, you know, like, you know like, to to prevent, uh, uh, you well, know, uh, to keep her like innards weak, well, so that way she can't hurt him? I mean, to be honest with you, it would make a a great scene for the comics if they were to have a scene with them lying together and stuff, and then the next thing you know, like, like. They just roll over and they're like, we can't do this. And it's like, why? Because I can't, you know. That'd be weird. The whole thing just sounds weird. Yeah, like, just he, he just, for some strange reason, just can't get it in because it's just... It's something that's it's always super, bothered me about the Superman you know? characters in general. Like, I always felt like, uh, like in Smallville or in Superman, Superman Steel, anything... You see them have like these impassioned embraces that you know are only possible because they're played by human actors. But in the context of the characters that they are, 
they can't have these emotional embraces where they like hug and squeeze someone because if they hug and legitimately squeeze someone, no. they die. Yeah, that's that's true. But they 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 struggled a lot with that with Smallville, whether or not he could or couldn't do the deed. You know, that was that was interesting about Smallville. That's something that needs to be covered in Supergirl since. You know, the main plot line of it is, is I, essentially I, she's got I mean, a crush I will be on honest, like, I thought Oakley. it was hilarious when Lana got part of Clark's powers and he kept his powers, and they fucked. And then it was like thundering on the ground. Boom, boom, boom. And then boom, Chloe showed boom. up a little bit later. Yeah. And she was all like, guys, there was like a continuous but light earthquakes all the way from here to Metropolis for like the last hour. And then they both got embarrassed and started laughing. I was like, why are you laughing? Oh, oh, I get what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be an interesting thing to see them cover something like that. But, you know, where's, where's anybody going to get a Kryptonian condom except from Lex Luthor? And apparently he's uh, he's under contract with the Cinematic Universe. So we'll probably never see him. <laughs> and Jimmy Olsen, like... He's not even he's not even no. in the Man of Steel at all. Like I thought for for a moment that he might have been the female chick, but I had to go back and actually look at her badge and tell that um, it's not Jimmy Olsen. They didn't didn't even put Jimmy Olsen in it. It's going to be a, be an interesting thing. But you know something we haven't covered is um, is right after Public Enemy they came out with Superman or Batman Superman Apocalypse. Which was pretty much essentially just a, a whole Supergirl story. Oh, the one that adapted the uh, the second story arc of Superman, yeah, uh, Batman, but what, Superman. But it, it was a direct yes, sequel was. from Public Enemies, right? Why in the hell did they have Supergirl and then not mention Power Girl from the previous show? Like it was just like Power Girl didn't even exist in the sequel after that. It was like we're never going to have them meet. You know, they're no longer in existence it's like a terrible sequel if you think about well, it well cause like back then like it, um, it, it, Public Enemy well, was so um, great I, but... I guess I wouldn't consider I, I, I want to remember how it was worked in the comics cause Public Enemies was the first five issues of uh, Batman and Superman back then, or Superman Batman back then I forget which, which order it goes in um, but then uh, the second arc was done by Michael Turner and Jeff Loeb um, and they um I think it was meant to be a prequel because it was meant to reintroduce. Um, oh, so it's essentially yes, wrote by yes, two separate uh, people. Uh, or? Once, did Jeff Loeb write Public Enemies? Uh, well, let me see if Jeff Loeb, the man responsible for so much terribleness, I'm just kidding. He's not horrible at all. I was kidding. Oh, talk about Jeff Loeb. I love Jeff Loeb. He's awesome. Let's see, DC Comics. Um, yes, he you know, he wrote the missed, first the uh, 26 issues of the, of the series. And the first seven issues were, uh, or the first five issues were the public enemies. And then he, um, and then he, uh, the issues eight <laughs> through, I want to say 12, were the, the Supergirl redone origin explanation with uh, super, with my favorite comic book artist, Michael Turner, um, back in the helm, which was awesome. Yeah, let's see. Um, Do you remember? Uh, I think it was actually the last episode of Superman the animated series covered the whole introduction of Supergirl, and then she ended up fighting Dark side and they had to stop a comet from crashing into earth destroying it i think that was the last episode of superman the animated series do you it might have been because then you know because they ended up scrapping and uh instead of trying to continue that show they just went right in justice league which i think was the smartest thing they yeah you know... that definitely was was a pretty smart little move like i i kind of liked the way that they ended it with supergirl coming to earth and Clark teaching her and stuff. That's how Supergirl should have been done with the pilot episode. Instead, right off the bat, Jimmy Olsen knows exactly who she is, knows exactly who her alter ego is, and just happens to have Superman's birth-wrapped freaking cape. Okay. It's just silly. <laughs> it's all silly, man. 
We just have to decide how much silliness yeah, we're willing and, to take. Which is sadly a lot of silliness. And, you know, who cares? It is comic book goofiness. But that wraps up our little um, little bit of Supergirl this week. You know, maybe we'll do some more of these later on where we just pick a character and we run with it and see how many times we jump off the, you know, jump off course and talk about other things. But it's been going pretty steadily on Supergirl tonight. Yeah. So, this is Aaron Gabbard, the comic book jerk, and my buddy over here. Harrison from snappow.com. Be sure to check out our website. Oh, don't forget to check out comicbookjerk.com. Comicbookjerk.com backslash YouTube. Comicbookjerk.com backslash comicbookjerkgaming. Send us an email. Tell us what you want to hear about at comicbookjerk at gmail.com. And we're over and out. Guys, From the flamers and noobs who were trolling the fans The midichlorian masterminds concocted a plan Before he had an emporium of Endorian L's And he was complaining about those movies starring Christian Bell Anime's manga mastermind returned again To reboot his new show with all his geeky friends Like the difference in Wookiees and Tribbles and Kibbles and Bits The story comes together like a reductor twist from Harry Potter Or maybe it's worse, you might even curse the jerk For reminding you that everything's worse In the back of your mind he says what you never could And you never should and you never would But he could so listen up, troll, and let's go. It's time to sit back and watch a comic book jerk show. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.